0: Good afternoon, Bards Nation. How are you doing? This is Duncan from Kilted Christian and this may be one of the last shows that I get to do live for you guys. Um, I've really enjoyed hosting this. Uh, Scott is on his way back. He will be in Tahoe um, about four o'clock his time, so about uh, maybe seven o'clock Eastern time. So he will be live this evening for Bards FM. He will also be live for Fishers of Men. For those of you that did not, uh, weren't too happy about the fact that we did not have the regular scheduled Fishers of Men last night, um, when, as soon as Scott got to the hotel, he set up everything and did a kind of a sneak attack version about two o'clock in the morning Eastern time. So if you guys uh, are bored, have nothing to listen to later on in the day, go catch last night's uh, very, very late, late night, fishes of Men. It was an absolutely great episode. Um, probably the smallest uh, collection in the chat that I've ever seen on Bars Nation. We had about 13 last night. Like I said, it was last minute, but it was an absolutely great show. So. I was wondering today, what am I going to do today's show about? And one thing that's really kind of been sitting with me for a while is illusion, reality, and perception. And they're creating multiple illusion right now, which is a lot different than the reality. But sometimes when they're forcing a particular illusion on us, for instance, making us think that we're outnumbered by these progressives in this world, which is the exact opposite of the truth, there's way more of us. And it kind of brought me back to an old Latin poem that I had read years ago. Ego ombre funder, roses perfectus entes arvum de billionis nom hic privilegium, ego dominus gratius. That translates to English to, I have found the perfect rose in the field of a billion roses, and to the Lord I am grateful. So I started thinking about this, and the thing is, is what makes the perfect rose? And it's all about perception. We all have a different way of perceiving things. We live in a society right now where the majority of people's idea of a perfect rose would be one that had no flaws. Just perfectly um, flowed out as, as a rose would be, absolutely beautiful, no markings, no missing petals. But the thing is, is there's other people that would take the time and would, would possibly say that the wilting rose is the most beautiful rose around because it's already lived its life. It's something that has already gone through its beauty, it's gone through its age, and eventually, you know, the process of, of leaving this earth. And there's a beauty in that, which kind of brings me to the elders of this world. You know, we kind of throw them out. A lot of people just put them in, in old folks' homes. Many of us are starting to realize the importance of the elders and, and what they bring to this world, they, they bring the understanding of a history that we don't understand, that they learned that we have slowly been removed from our education system. They bring wisdom. The elders and the children are the most important things on this earth because we can mold the youth to become what they are. And sadly, right now, it, they're being indoctrinated. So it's going in another direction. But it all comes down to perception. How do you perceive something? And everything that we have on this earth, we've got things that are good. And we have things that are, that we would consider bad, but there's always good that comes out of bad and bad that comes out of good. An example, you think that having power and money is a great thing, but what happens when you get too much and you get lost in that is you end up becoming corrupted. And just like with being poor and not having the means or the money to go out and get everything that you need, what happens at that point, you gain resourcefulness and humility. You learn how to be humble about what you have. You learn how to be resourceful. My grandfather used to tell me when I was younger that a poor man is forced to be a resourceful man. And there's not more truth than that because, you know, you get a lot of money and when your car breaks down, what do you do? You send it to a shop. You pay lots of money to have that person fix it. A resourceful man, one that can't afford it, what do they do? They learn how to fix their own car. They learn how to build their own things. They are less wasteful. So, you know, like I said, within good comes bad and with bad comes good. It all depends on how you perceive it. And in this lifetime, you know, we have been drawn into this kind of an illusion of the necessity for materialism, having the nicer cars, having the nicer houses, but none of that matters because ultimately what do we need? We need shelter, we need food, we need water, very simple things, those are the things that that God brings to us, you know, um, and having any shelter, you know, even in America, you know, some of our poor, um, houses in, in the United States of America are still nicer than some of the nicer huts, you know, made out of adobe and rocks that other people live in other countries, but they still have shelter. And you'll also find, um, sometimes that, you know, people that don't have much or closer knit families, there's more love in that family. And it's not always true. Um, but you know, you just learn how to love what you have without looking beyond that. And right now we are living in a world, you know, where I was saying last night when I was talking to, to my lady Raina that um, we're in a place right now where even leftovers aren't going to be a thing that we're, they're dealing with. Soon you're not going to have leftover food in your refrigerator three days later. You're going to eat everything. You're going to understand the importance of not wasting anything. Um, you know, that it's not a big deal if you have to have something different to eat every single night or the nicest food. There will be a point where you're just happy eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches every single day just to have that food, just to have that nourishment. And when we get further into what we're going with the economy, obviously um, going down day by day. Last I saw, we were just almost under the 29,000 mark on the economy There's going to be a point where people start to panic and pulling their money out pretty quick and the elite aren't going to be able to put money back in as quickly as it's being pulled out to create the illusion that the economy is not as rocky as it is right now. But when it gets to that point, just like in New York, there's already middle class people that are digging in garbage cans looking for food. But what happens when we get to that point where you can't just go out to a store and get something or if the economy gets bad enough, you know, you're no longer paying $5 $5 for a box of donuts, you're paying 25 to $30 for a box of donuts. You know, there'd be a time where when that donut um, was a couple of days old and started going bad that you would just throw it in the garbage can. But we're going to get to the point where we start eating all of that stuff. And it's going to affect those that are poor um, even more because, you know, just like going out to dinner or going out to lunch during the daytime, you know, you go out, you grab yourself a burger, you eat half the burger and the french fries, and then you're already full. You Your eyes are bigger than your stomach. Well, there was a point where you would just throw it in the garbage can, and then, you know, you would just be on to your next meal. But there's, but we're getting close to the point where you're going to take that half a burger home, and you're going to finish that burger later, only out of necessity, because these things are going to be more expensive and harder to get. So, in life, everyone has lessons. God teaches his lessons, and, and you know, it all depends on how we look at it. Some people, um, they, they look at um, the traumas and, and the turmoil in our lives, they look at it as suffering. Some people take that same exact turmoil and they use it to build their character, to build their strength and to to learn how to endure instead of suffer. And this is the point that we need to get to. We can learn lessons um, by having things happen in our life that God puts in our lives where so we learn our lessons. Sometimes we're too stubborn to learn them. So what happens? Eventually, we end up breaking our leg to learn that, that same lesson. Well, God's not going to start off breaking your leg. He's going to start off putting you in situations to where you can learn. But fortunately— We don't just have to learn from the things that happen in our lives. We can learn from the things that happen in other people's lives so that we don't have to go through that. And that's the value I think that all of us bring to the table when we're trying to help people, get them off the drugs, wake them up, get them closer to God, is that every one of our individual experience and the way that we perceive what happened to us at the time becomes a very valuable lesson to someone else. You know, we may have had to suffer some hardships to learn what we learned in our lives, but our stories may be what wakes somebody else that they don't have to go through it. So they don't either um, become drug addicts to begin with, or maybe somebody that you can help them out from that, um, that problem in their life to the story, just showing them your experience and how you came out of this. Everything that we do in our lives has a major, major value. And uh, I've got a video lined up once we get done with our prayer called Man in a Mask. And and it kind of goes over the illusion of, you know, that we don't have the power when the people of this world absolutely have the power. We have all of the power and we outnumber the evil in this world by large amounts. But as long as they hold that microphone, as long as the mainstream media has that microphone and they're working for the the evil and they're working for the elite, we don't understand how many of us there are compared to them, and they're going to create the illusion, which is not reality. So I'm going to go ahead, guys. It is 11 minutes after the hour, so we'll go ahead and do a prayer, and then I will get back into the video, and then we'll um, go on from there. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for everything that you blessed us with, Your Lord. Thank you for the good things and the bad. I ask, dear Lord, that you give us strength and courage during these times, but also give us a lot of discernment, dear Lord. We need discernment so that we can take the lessons and everything that's happening in this world and utilize it for our best. Dear Lord, let's take these hard times that we're going through right now and let's let them, instead of suffering through it, let's let it make us stronger. Let's become better people through these situations. There's always a lesson to be learned, dear Lord, even those of us that already know you and that already have, have you in our hearts. We understand that. We're not perfect and we have a long way to go. Dear Lord, we become materialistic and wasteful people. We throw away what we don't eat rather than give it to somebody that needs to eat it. We have like eight pairs of shoes when we only need one pair of shoes. Dear Lord, let us learn how to live with little. Let us learn how to enjoy what we have and not constantly seek more. Dear Lord, let us be happy with the iPhone 6 rather than having to get the new iPhone 14. Let us love everything that we have on this earth and not just constantly dwell and trying to have the bigger and the better thing, dear Lord, because there's only one bigger and better thing, and that's you, Heavenly Father. So dear Lord, let us utilize every time, every moment that we have on this earth to serve you, not to continue to do better for ourselves, dear Lord. Let us put our egos aside. Let us just put everything that drives us into this humanity and this side of of humanism and earth, dear Lord. Let us let all of that go, and let's focus on the spirit. Let's focus on the soul. Dear Lord, let us spend this time not worrying about what we're going to get next, but worrying about what we can do to help somebody get closer to you. Dear Lord, people are waking up more and more every single day, and it's your servants on this earth that are working overtime right now, and I'm blessed to be here with every single one of them. Dear Lord, we want to serve you in the best ways possible, but we don't know what's going on. We don't know your big plan. We just know that you win. So dear Lord, if you so see it fit, dear Lord, just give us peeks underneath that veil so that we become better equipped with prayer and become better equipped with the ability to serve you and to wake those people up, to bring them closer to you. Dear Lord, at this point, preparation on this earth is matter, but there's nothing more important than preparing our soul for what's coming, dear Lord. We want eternal life. And because of you, we have that opportunity. Dear Lord, I want to thank you just for allowing us to spend these days with all these wonderful people that are in chat right now, the people that we run into daily, and those strangers that we just have random conversations with that help us become better people and hopefully help them as well. Dear Lord, I ask that you forgive us for all of our sins, dear Lord. We try so hard to be better people, but every day we stumble just a little bit. And I'm thankful that you are there, right there with us next to that path, holding our hands and lifting us up when we do stumble, and then forgiving us and having patience with us, dear Lord. Dear Lord, I ask that you continue to please give us patience for others during these times as well, the same way that you've had it with us. People are waking up more and more, dear Lord, and it's because of your love and your grace. And I am thankful and honored That all of us together right now, dear Lord, as a community, as a, a church for you, dear Lord, being able to talk about you, talk to you every single day, and just show you how much we love you. Thank you for picking us, dear Lord, to be your warriors during this time. And dear Lord, put a hedge of protection over every one of us. The closer we get to you, the more the devil tries to come into our lives, dear Lord. So please keep that devil at bay. Let us be effective. Let us keep moving straight on during that narrow path. And dear Lord, let us build our army, your army so that we can win this war, dear Lord, in your name. In Jesus Christ's name and our Heavenly Father's name, I pray. Amen. Well, guys, it has been great. I have absolutely loved being on here and doing these shows, and it gives me time to kind of reflect on, on you know, where we're going because there's so many different topics to talk about. And one thing right now is this big illusion. Like I said, we've got the you know, illusion and we've got reality. And one thing about Christians is Christians, you know, we can see the bad things in life, And then realize that there are lessons in that and that Jesus doesn't put anything into your life that you can't handle. All it does is make it stronger. Every single day we become a little bit stronger and some days are a little tougher than others. I had a really terrible week last week, but what happens at that point is God sends all of you in to, to lift me up during that time. And I certainly appreciate it. You guys helped me out of a funk. You know, I didn't even realize I was being attacked and sometimes the devil's that stealth. But together, we lift each other up, and we pull each other out of these things, and we remind each other that the Lord Almighty has your back, and the more over the target you are for God, the more the devil's going to come after you. So we can look at that as a bad thing. We can look at it as an honor, an honor that we're doing right for God, an honor that we are staying on the path that we're supposed to be because the devil isn't going to mess on anyone's lives that isn't a problem to him. And you know what? As much, I, I love being a servant for God, and I love being a thorn in the devil's thigh. It's, it's an honor to do so, guys, and I will be that until I leave this earth, and I know all of you will too, and that's why I love being here with you guys. So I've got a video that I'm going to play real quick, and then I'm going to go over this, and it's just kind of about where we're heading, the importance of coming together as people, not just um, as far as patriotism and and, and creating a revolution, because revolutions, like I've said before, they don't have to be violent. A revolution can be passive. A revolution can be something as simple as civil disobedience, ignoring the government, um, removing them from your lives, not letting them have any control of you, whether it be something as simple as building your garden, whether it be something like not paying your taxes. It's not violent. It is civil disobedience, which is a right that we have. If you don't feel like your money should be going to pay black ops and to pay for child trafficking and stuff they're going to, take away your money from them. Don't don't pay your— uh, your taxes anymore. Like I said, civil disobedience can be its own revolution. So I'm gonna go ahead and play this movie real quick. It's called Man and a Mask. And by the way, you guys can find all of my videos, um, all the audio that I play are actually videos under the name Payne's Angels 2 on Rumble. This is called Man and a Mask. Where many of us have been deceived into thinking this new age of mask is about protecting us from a virus. The reality is, they are ultimately about control. When you walk into a store and can still smell the produce near the entrance, it becomes obvious that their effectiveness is a ruse. A ruse designed for multiple reasons. It allows those in power to separate those who are more likely to fall in line from those that are more likely to rebel. It is a way to indoctrinate us into conforming as a predecessor to something much more nefarious. A more perfect stage could not be asked for. When you cannot even enter a store without a mask to feed your family, what happens when you can no longer enter a store without an implanted chip? While masks strip the identities of many, they simultaneously conceal the identities of others. Who
1: are you? Who? Who is but the form following the function of what, and what I am is a man in a mask.
2: I can see that.
1: Of course you can. I'm not questioning your powers of observation. I'm merely remarking upon the paradox of asking a masked man who he is. (sighs)
0: Many patriots take their stand against the incarceration of our identities, often becoming incarcerated by tyrannical rule. At the same time, without consequence, others run rampant burning down cities in the name of freeing themselves from slavery, while oblivious to the fact that they have enslaved themselves. Masks were never meant to contain a virus, they were meant to contain a society. The truth is these mandates have created more problems than they have solved. They have created division between those who complied and those who don't. They have created illnesses more serious than the virus itself. And they have removed the simple human interactions, like a polite smile to a stranger. The most dangerous aspect of this virus is the fear manifested from it, and masks are merely a reinforcement. It's time to have a look at your face. Take off your mask. A constant reminder that we should still be living in fear, because the easiest way to control the masses is through despair. But what we truly should fear is what lies behind the distraction the mask were meant to conceal. No different than the major social changes that took place in Iran in the 70s, tyrannical rule always begins with small regulations, which become stepping stones to their ultimate goal of complete domination.
2: Why would you die?
0: Beneath
1: this mask, there is more than flesh. Beneath this mask there is an idea, Mr. Creedy, and ideas are bulletproof.
0: This was never about a virus. It was always about the election. However, in the days after the election, when this pandemic quickly disappears, the upheaval manifested during this time will only intensify. Tell me, do you know what day it is, Evie?
2: Um, November the 4th.
1: Not anymore. Remember, remember the 5th of November, the gunpowder treason and plot. I know of no reason why the gunpowder treason should ever
0: be forgotten. When this time comes, we need to be aware, we need to be brave, we need to be prepared, but most importantly, we need to stand up for what we believe in. If we don't, we will lose everything that has made this country great. Freedom has always come with sacrifice, and true patriots will always recognize that the need of the many will always outweigh the sacrifice of the few. We have guns. Now, do you have
1: are bullets and the hope that when your guns are empty, I'm no longer standing, because if I am, you will be dead before you have free-noted.
0: Ronald Reagan once stated that freedom is only one generation away from extinction. We did not pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. It must be fought for, protected, and handed on for them to do the same. Because this world,
1: the world that I'm a part of and that I helped shape, will end tonight. And tomorrow a different world will begin that different people will shape.
0: And this choice belongs to them. So while the mandates and lockdowns were put in place in the guise of a resolution, in the end, it is our responsibility to compose a revolution. Revolution without dancing is a revolution
1: not worth having. Listen carefully. Can you hear it?
0: So in this case, one of the biggest illusions versus reality that we had is this pandemic. The greatest illusion that we have in this entire world is fear. God says over and over again in the Bible to fear not. And it's because fear is literally the biggest illusion. It Fear has the ability to bring the largest man down to his knees and just completely immobilize him. You know, during this pandemic, the illusion was this fear. And, and what was the reality? The reality wasn't a pandemic. The reality wasn't a disease that just went wild around this world and started killing off our population. The reality was government control. So what did they do? They created an illusion, you know, and they always use fear as this illusion. Because like I said, it's a problem-solution reaction, you know, and it's the same tactic they use over and over again, the same thing that happened during 9-11, the same thing that we're going to see multiple times over and over again, and we're probably going to see more of these fear tactics. Right now, the big fear tactic, you know, since the we've moved on from this pandemic, the biggest fear tactic is nuclear war, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I don't believe that uh, Russia even said anything about nukes. They said we will use everything in our means, you know, so what did our media run with? They ran with nuclear war in order to, to put people in fear. You guys remember during Trump's administration, they went after him nonstop. Trump's going to get us in a war. Trump's going to release nukes on on one of these countries, and we're going to be fighting each other, and the world's going to end. None of that ever happened. Matter of fact, Trump did everything he could to keep us from getting into these wars. But what happens now? Now we're in Biden's administration. Literally every single thing that they have accused Trump of, they have done themselves. And now, just like they were going after this illusion of war, you know that they're trying to create, um, you know, they were blaming Trump for. We are literally um, pushing for this right now. You've got the same Democrats that went against it are now all of a sudden okay with the possibility of us retaliating with nukes. This is the illusion and the reality that we're dealing with. And it comes down to the fact is that, you know, as Christians, we have a greater ability, I think, to see through this. And just like with the vaccination when they push this. Um, you know, was the vaccination the mark of the beast? I don't think so. But was the vaccination a test? The same thing with the mask in order to see who was compliant and who was more likely to rebel? Well, as I was walking around through many stores, especially towards the beginning of this pandemic, it looks like everybody was going to be obedient. Very few people actually rebelled and walked into the stores. They felt like they didn't have the ability to do it that, you know, they didn't have the right to do it. And we never lost those rights. We always had the ability. It just took a little bit of courage to pull that mask off and to tell the person that was standing in front of Walmart or whatever store, guys, I'm not. you're not going to stop me. I'm going to go into this store without a mask. And what happens when you walk into that place? People look around and they see you. They see a skinny tall guy like not wearing a mask and then they have the courage. You turn back around and now that mask is below their nose or that mask is underneath their chin. Courage inspires courage, and that's what we need to do right now is that we need to be courageous. We need to go out and do those those acts of courage. Um, I had read something on my show last night, which I'll find right now and I'll read to you again, which I thought was absolutely brilliant, and this came from uh, Mark Twain at one point, and I just say to replace the word patriot with the word Christian, and you end up with the same thing. In the beginning of change, the patriot is a scarce man, brave, hated, and scorned. When his cause succeeds, however, the timid join him. For then it costs nothing to be a patriot. Exchange that word patriot with Christian. And that's what we've got right now, guys. We are in this war and we've been in this war since the very beginning. We are being judged. We are being persecuted right now from all of the elites that are around this world. Um, but we didn't waver, we, we don't waver ever. We go out in public and we talk about God. We talk about Jesus. We talk about him proudly. We don't hide, you know, and say we're not afraid just because we're being persecuted because many of us understand, you know, I- I'm not going to just give away the great things that God has given me and then hide behind the rock because somebody's persecuting me or coming after me or judging me because I am a Christian. Same thing with being a patriot. We stand up. We rise. We know that all the courage we need comes from our Lord Almighty, so we need to stay on that path. But what happens is just like in that little poem that I just read um, from Mark Twain, once the war is won, once the patriots, you know, that 3%, you know, in this case, it would be like 14%. Once we go into that war and we win that war, all of a sudden, everyone's going to come out from behind those rocks and want to be the patriot because they've got nothing to lose anymore, you know? We— I've always been in this fight. We we understand that we have um, nothing to lose. You know what I'm saying? Because ultimately, the worst case scenario is we're killed and we leave this earth and we end up in the place we want to get to anyways. But there's always going to be sacrifice and, and doing the right thing. And that's why we need to stay on this line. We need to not fall for this illusion that they're trying to create that we are outnumbered. The moment we realize, just in that movie, like in that movie Ants from, from years ago, if you guys remember that animation where the grasshoppers are sitting there having their little conversation and they realize, you know, they're, he's making the point that the ants outnumber them a thousand to one. You know, they give this illusion that they outnumber us. That's because they are the ones that hold that microphone. They're the ones that are pushing out the media everywhere. They're the ones that we see on the news every single day. But here's the reality. We outnumber them thousand to one probably ten thousand to one and we need to remember that we need to find that courage and we need to come together because you know it's just like the old saying when you put a whole bunch of stick you know you can break one stick easily but if you put 30 sticks together those sticks are really hard to break and it's because we've all come together and we've come together in that unity and we need to remember that we absolutely hold all the power in this world and even more so through christ he gives us all the power that we possibly need in order to do everything that we need to on this earth. He gives us that courage. He gives us the strength. He gives us discernment and he gives us everything else that we need to fight in this battle. God's not going to set us in this battle without giving us the artillery that we need to, to bring forth, whether that be prayer, which is the most important thing, whether that be unity. And sometimes guys, just like, you know, we've talked about, um, you know, if you guys didn't watch uh, Bards FM last night, great interview with Brad Cummings, go watch it. But sometimes It does take throwing those rocks and it does take flipping those tables. Even Jesus Christ did that, you know? He's had to come to that point where he flipped tables and somebody made a comment in the chat last night and I agree with 100%. I bet Christ has flipped more than one table. You know, we don't wanna start off flipping tables. We don't wanna go seeking a problem. We don't wanna go seeking violence, but when that violence and when that problem comes to our doorstep, we've gotta be ready. We can't just sit back and be wallflowers. We have to fight this evil. God uses us every single day. We are his arms. We are his legs. We are his voices on this earth. You know, so we need to stand up. We need to do exactly what we can in this war. And we got to remember that God never, ever puts us on a mission, never, without seeing us through to the very, very end. And don't think for a second that he puts you on that mission and then walks away Nope, God is with you there when he puts you on that mission. He's walking beside you while you're doing the mission, and he's right there when you complete the mission. Just like in life, guys. When our mission's done, we're going to be in heaven where we want to be anyways. We're going to be walking to those pearly gates, and we would have earned it. Not by sitting by and letting evil exist, but by fighting this evil on this earth. That is how we're going to get into heaven, repenting and having that relationship with Jesus Christ. But having that relationship with Christ— you know, it, it's the same way as having a friend on this earth. What would you do for your family? What would you do for your friend? Well, right now, we need to take those bullets for Christ. We need to stand in front of it. We need to make sure that this Bibles are protected. We need to make sure that our children are protected. And we need to carry on, guys. God picked us all right here to be here for this very, very moment. And there is no honor. The time's going to get rough, 100%. It's going to get really messy here soon. But Scott has been preparing us, you know, Jesus talks to Scott Scott gives you the message he's been preparing us here physically in this earth he's preparing us for this battle and you know guys we're gonna win this there's not many books or movies that you walk into sit down and know how it ends but we know how this one ends and that is God wins and I'm grateful to be on this side with every single one of you all right guys so it is 3 30 I'm gonna go ahead and play some music for about 30 minutes um Scott will be back tonight he will be back tonight for a uh, um, both Bards FM and he will be back for Precious of Men. Things are about to get back to normal guys. And like I said, it's been absolutely loving and honored to be here with all of you guys. Um, I'm thankful for Scott giving me this opportunity to do this as well. Um, if you want to come in tonight, um, over to Kilted Christian, we're going to have a very, very fun episode. Um, I'm going to be going over one of the research, um, essays that I had done back in college, going over all of the, uh, characteristics of all of the jim henson creations um you guys are going to be mind blown it's pretty interesting so cool is that uh john msm liars will be coming on with me as well so you guys want to have a little bit fun and find some interesting stuff that you may never have known about jim henson and all of his creations get ready guys it's going to be a great ride that being said guys thank you so much for being so welcoming and for all the kind words i've loved being here with you um there there's a chance that i'll be doing tomorrow's um the tomorrow's bended knee. I'm not quite sure. Uh, Scott is in going to be in Tahoe here in a couple of hours, and then he will be on his final journey leg home and everything's going to get back to normal. Scott will be on uh, three times a day live. And I know you guys are looking forward to that as much as I am. That being said, guys, I love y'all very, very much. God bless you. Thank you for being so welcoming. It has been a pleasure being here with all of you guys. I always look for an excuse just to spend a, an extra hour with all of you. That thing is say, guys, have an absolutely wonderful day. And I leave you with a little bit about 30 minutes of music.
2: amazing
3: what you can do with a little motivation and a lot of whiskey. The day does break. The warriors say the West's.
2: Thank
3: you. Oh, how nice. Somebody bought us tequila. Thank you.
2: Are all I see in my infancy? Red and yellow, the kings of be reaching out to me, let's me see. Step aside With love and wake up To let them power To witness the beauty To the in the we the spider. the spider.
4: version software version 7.0 looking at life through the eyes of a tire eating seeds is a pastime activity the toxicity of our city of our city Like neighbors, flashlight reveries caught in the headlights of a truck. Eating seeds as a pastime activity. The toxicity of our city, of our city. No, what is-
0: everybody this is gonna be the last song i'm gonna go with nirvana lake of fire
2: Tell the fall of July. People cry people moan. Look for a dry place to call their home. Try to find some place to rest their bones. while the angels and the devil try to make a See you again, tell the Father you like.
0: Guys, I was just teasing. I'm actually going to do, that was a warm-up last song. So I'm going to do a last song, last song right here for Laura Lee. We're going to go with a little Johnny Cash, Hurt.
1: I hurt myself today. I remember everything. What have I? Oh, sure. did. Sure.
0: everybody i want to thank you so much for joining us today like i said this could be my last episode um bard's going to be heading back home um he'll be there probably by wednesday so i may end up getting one more episode tomorrow and if so i will embrace it and i'll absolutely love it but i have loved spending this time with you all it's been an absolute honor thank you for being so welcoming to me because i know um we all love to hear scott so you guys have been very very kind to me Um, Scott will be back for Bards FM. He will also be back for Fishes of Men this evening. And remember, if you guys did not know, Scott had a surprise, um, Fishers of Men, last night about 2 o'clock in the morning Eastern time. So if you've got nothing to do, you've got an extra podcast to listen to that Scott did late last night. It was absolutely phenomenal. That being said, guys, I hope to see you at Kilted Christian this evening. It's going to be a fun episode. I'm going over all the characteristics of all Jim Henson characters. It's going to be loads and loads of fun. And I will be joined, hopefully, by MSM Liar John. It's going to be a great um, conversation. We'll have him back again on Thursday. That being said, guys, I love you all very, very much. Have an absolutely blessed and beautiful day. God bless.